Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Man, I have been reading this scripture. The scripture that we're looking at today is David and Goliath. If you're following along, we're reading the, the Old Testament through right now. We got to the story um, here in, uh, in scripture. And so I'm going to read this through. But, but before I do, as I grew up, <clears throat> I really thought about this scripture kind of like that, like a time when you won a battle, right? I kept thinking about David and how super awesome that David was. And, and I think that I'm, like, I made a big mistake with it in thinking about it like that. That, because I guess I was always thinking that we need to be like David, and we gotta, we got to make sure that we're facing down our giants, and when those giants come along, we need to be ready with our, you know, whatever we got, you know, our rock and our sling, and be ready to go, which is, I guess, not a bad thing to think about, like, slaying those giants, right? Like, winning those battles. It's great to be brave and trust in your gifts and be willing to take on the giants, but I was reading the story wrong because there's so many things happening in this story. Now, I've preached on this probably in the last three years, probably twice. And every time I come to this scripture, I got to go even deeper into it. So for those of you that heard me preach on David and Goliath before, sorry, you're going to get a little bit more. But I can't help the fact that it's so rich and full. And I realize that there's all these things happening in the details. It's becoming my favorite scripture. I think even, even beyond Matthew 6. And you know why Matthew is my favorite gospel, right? It was, oh, we'll just wait for it. But paying attention to the details. Let's do a little bit of backstory here. Now, this is God's people versus the Philistines, okay? Now, they are coming together on this battlefield, and the battle itself is like in, in kind of a valley. You've got one army up here on the mountain, and then the other army up on the other mountain, right? And they're going to come together, and they're going to have this big war. But instead, they come across this idea that they would have a champion fight, and it was like, have you ever seen that show like Pink Slips where, where like two people drag race and whoever won wins the race, they have to give their car to the other person? That's basically how this works. So the champion comes out and they're going to fight and whoever wins, then that, that means your, your entire army wins over the other army. Everybody got it so far? Say got it. All right, so, so this is happening, and as it's happening, David, who is this young, young boy, basically he comes back and forth, and he's doing something. He's watching the sheep, watching, taking care of what he's supposed to be doing, and he keeps coming up to the front of this battle and gets to see all this stuff, and every time he comes up, they're like, hey, you got to go, go get some other stuff for me. They're almost like treating him like a servant, right? And so then he comes back, and, 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 and uh, his dad says, hey, go get us all some food. <laughs> it's like he's the pizza delivery guy, you know, for this big battle. And so he comes up, he's just like, hey, I can help with this, all right? That's where we are in this story, 1 Samuel 17. You guys ready? Here we go. All right. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Great part. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. you just a boy. And he has never, he's, he's been a warrior from his youth. Now, quick note. Anybody ever had somebody doubt you? Raise your hand. This is, this is the best thing. Like, I learned this about my wife. If I tell her she can't do something, or I'm not sure that she can't, which of course I never do, but I've seen that happen in her life, that there, there's nothing that will stop her. So I realized a couple years ago, I'd be like, there's no way that you can both empty and load the dishwasher tonight within the next 20 minutes. I'm just kidding, I don't do that. But they did in elementary school. 
she uh, has dealt with, and she's actually talked about it here before, um, that she's had dyslexia her whole life and, and has had to work through that. And it's a struggle, you know, just to, just to see things on a page the way they, th that everybody else sees them. And in elementary school, they said she's probably not going to be able to get through high school. And she has two master's degrees. Amen? But that's what he said. You're not going to be able to go out this Philistine. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. <laughs> when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, note that he has that small detail in there. He said, this guy is not one of us. He is unclean. He's going to be like one of them, like the lion or the bear. Because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. <laughs> I sense like a little bit of sarcasm. Do you guys? Just a little bit. But it's all in the details. Brothers and sisters, the first order of business when facing that giant is to tell it the story of the battles you faced before. Amen? It's to tell it the story. Remember your battles. Remember what you went through in those battles before. Thinking through some of those, even though some of them were kind of silly, like I made it up out of a, a mud pit, or, or I felt like I made it through paintball and I didn't die, right? Or I didn't catch one of those paintballs in the head. Actually, we caught a lot of paintballs in the head, didn't you? I remember that you still had a little bruise up there. Some of those kind of silly things, but even those stronger and deeper values about getting Jana home. And at all those times, when you face that next giant, remember your battles from before. What do you think David was thinking when he had to go up against the first lion? Think about that, when he had not yet faced down a lion at all. Now, he's just a boy, and he's already taken out lions and bears and tigers on my. How am I going to handle this? Probably worried, probably scared but he remembered that he made it through before, whatever that first battle was. And now he's standing in front of this mega battle. He remembers his battles. Remember your battles. And then watch what happens. Because in this, I'm not certain that Saul was being sarcastic at all. But as David tells the story of how he made it through battles before, in that moment, his story changes Saul's story. Your story can change someone else's story around you when they see what you've been able to accomplish. David tells God's story of victory and changes Saul's perspective. David's already fought off bears and lions, but note the details. Where do you find the hair of a lion? Anybody know? Think about a lion. Where is the hair? It's right up by its head. You mean he grabbed a lion by the hair? That's like near the most dangerous part of a lion. The mouth. Are you kidding me? Like he went up and grabbed it by the hair. Why do you think they told us that? Why do you think that he mentioned that? Yes, ma'am. Say it louder. Confronted it head on. The toughest part the most difficult and dangerous part. Now we know where this story is going. Now we know what's going on. Now we know where his head's at. What's he going to use, though, in just a minute? You guys have heard this story before. What's he going to use to kill the giant? A rock and a sling. But how did he kill the lion? 
with his bare hands, struck it down, and killed it. See, God is going to be with you, and God is going to equip you for each battle you go through. There's going to be some battles that are going to require a rock and a sling. There are going to be some other battles that are going to require something completely different, and God will equip you for each battle. Verse 38. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he wasn't used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. See, it's all in the details. They put this armor on him. Just like people put their expectations on you. Amen? About how they think that you should handle the battle that you're in. Or maybe even they have their own opinions about how you should do it and put those expectations on you. See, David knew that he couldn't fight with man-made armor. They expected him to approach this battle the same way that they would. They tried to set him in motion the same way it's always been done before. Brothers and sisters, others' expectations of you aren't God's expectations of you. Shed others' expectations. Amen? The Lord sees your battles differently. The Lord will bring you through, but maybe not like you or anybody else expected. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of the shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand, approached the Philistine. It's all in the details. How many stones did he take? Say it out loud. Five. Five. How many stones did he need to kill the Philistines? Say it out loud. One. In each battle that you go to fight, God will provide you with more than enough. God will knock it out with the first stone and show you the rest of those four as a great abundance of what God is going to do. There are some scholars that really point later on down in the story that uh, this Goliath, this behemoth of a, of a man, actually had some brothers that he had to deal with later on. And in some ways, you kind of think about God providing everything that he was going to need for those battles down the road. Because, brothers and sisters, that battle that you're in right now is not the last battle you're going to face. Amen? Amen? But God will carry you through them all. Then there's another detail in this. Five, what kind of stones were they? All together. Smooth. Now, how does a rock become smooth? Water and time. Lots and lots of time. This is the part that really gets me. God's victory for you existed before the giant. God's victory for you was laid there before the giant even arrived. Amen? Let's keep going. Y'all having fun with this one? Verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was a little more than just a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. All right, I got I to gotta have some guest readers. All right, my guest readers, where are you? Where are you? All right, there's the, there's the big, ugly one, and then where's the small, handsome one? Where's the small? Oh, there we go. Come on up. All right, come on up. All right, this is going to work out great. I'm feeling good. You guys give a round of applause for our guest, uh, guest readers. 
All right, come on up, come on up. Okay, I got your script right here. I got your script right here. This is all you need. Uh, this one goes to the small but handsome one. All right? There you go. Everybody look, the small but handsome. This one goes to the big, ugly guy. <laughs> all right, all right. So you guys come up here, and uh, I'll be the narrator. Okay, I'm going to narrate this, uh, little, uh, this little episode, but I want to make sure that you guys can all see it. So you're going to stand over here, David, and you're going to stand over here, Goliath. This is, this is um, you almost have to, like, stand up on a chair or something. I mean, like, this is a huge, giant Philistine man. All right. Are you guys ready? Everybody ready? All right, it says here, verse 43, he said to David, that's you, that's you, into the microphone, yeah. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. All right, everybody scared? Can you read it scarier than that? Are you scarier? <laughs> all right, here's the situation, all right? Your son just keyed your car. Whoa. Whoa. Mm. <laughs> ready? All right, here we go. Am I a dog? Yeah. What, you come to me with sticks? Ah. Boy, ah. come here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. All right, now everybody's scared. Everybody say, ooh. <laughs> all right, but then... This is how it happens, all right? This is how it happened. This is, the, this is the structure of the way this thing actually worked. I want you to think about this. You're just a boy. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God and the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you in my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. <laughs> This very day I will give you the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is God in Israel. All those, all those gathered here will know that it is not a sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Y'all give him a round of applause. Good job, buddy. Good job. Thanks, y'all. Y'all can head on down. Thank you. That was perfect. That was perfect. So you guys see how this is working? This massive, ugly man. I'm sorry, poor Marco. He's like, come on, mate. He said it like three times now. What, what am I doing here? But that's the scene. There's this young boy, right, that's talking to this giant. They said he was over nine feet tall. I mean, could you imagine that? And then Wynn, who's right here, this is probably about how David was, just a boy, a youngster, shouting these things. It's all in the details. Now think for just a second about these, the sword, the spear, and the javelin. They take metal, right? Uh, maybe also wood. They're handcrafted. Uh, where's James? James, James here? You, 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 you put metal, you forge metal, right? right? And what do you have to do when, you, when you're making something out of metal? What do you got to do? You got to hammer it, right? Uh, anything else? A lot of heat and hammering, all right? So each and every one of these swords and spears and javelins were all put together by somebody who had a forge, I guess, and they were like slamming these things, putting them all together. They take time, they take money, right? You gotta have enough of them, but just in the hands of any person, they're really not gonna do anything with them. They're, they have to be trained, right? It's not even deadly until it's, it's put in someone's hand that actually knows how to use it. Stay with me here, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. It requires training and practice over and over and over again for 
all of these different people that have all of these different swords and spears and javelins, a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of stuff goes into this. He said, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. The giant has more than just sword, spear, and javelin. The giant and his entire army have put a ton into what they're bringing, and in most cases, it's going to work. I mean, he had to have that kind of uh, gusto from somewhere. They'd taken out a bunch of people before, but not against the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord was given to us freely in love and grace and mercy, and that's all David needed to win the battle before it began. Come on. Verse 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. So what's your battle? Can you see it? Close your eyes for a second. Can you see your battle? Does it have a name? I got some good news for you, brothers and sisters in Christ. It was never yours to fight. Look at somebody next to you and say, it was never yours to fight. Right at the end of that, there's this little part that David says, I come, to, I come at you with, in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And then just a couple of words later, he says, this battle is the Lord's. That battle that you got, that giant that you're facing, was never yours to fight. This battle is the Lord's. That battle, the ones from the past, the ones that you'll yet face. They aren't yours to fight. They aren't yours to win. They belong to the Lord. Remember your battles. Your story changes others' story. God equips you for each battle. So shed others' expectations. God gives more than enough to win. And your victory existed before the giant was born. Cool, Pastor. Nice sermon. Way to go. But what do I do in front of my battles? You don't know how difficult they are, Pastor. That's true, I don't. You want me to just, like, think about David and Goliath? Uh, no, not really. Do I just read scripture at my problem? Actually, yeah. That's how you remember that God did all of this, that God stuck with you from the very beginning. And why would a God that stuck with you from the very beginning and took you through all of those battles before stop now? Think about what David did. 
Remember when God fought for you before? Tell the story. Remember the strength that God has given you to face this battle? Trust your experience. Remember that this isn't your battle. This battle is the Lord's. Bravery is not about your own constitution. Bravery is about trusting that God has already won. Even in the face of the most powerful and difficult giant, we can be brave, not because we are brave, but rather because in every battle, God has already shown up. God provides us what we need. God takes on those battles for us, and it's all there in the details. So when we read scripture, we're reminded that the story has been there, that God has won those battles before. And then there's one last thing. This might be the best detail. I kind of jumped on it in the beginning and moved kind of past it. Do you all remember where this battle is taking place? Anybody remember? I said the two armies were on top of the mountain. And where was this battle taking place? In the valley. The victory happens in the valley. The victory happens in the valley. Not up on the mountaintop, but down there in the valley. The victory doesn't appear up top where all the air is fresh and you can see for miles. The victory happens right down in the valley. So maybe if you're in the midst of armies on both sides of you, and it seems like they've got the advantage. Maybe you feel like there are walls all around you, and there's no way that you're going to get past them. Brothers and sisters, it's right there where the victory comes. In the midst of that worst part, that's where the giants fall, where every detail of God's victory becomes known. So if you're in the valley, get ready for victory. Look at somebody next to you and say, get ready for victory. Let's pray together. Good and gracious God, we know that as we hear this scripture, these are tough battles. And they're not always going to end up like we think they will. Victory won't always come to us the way we want it. But you, oh God, win the victory. And each and every one of the battles that we face is yours to fight, yours to win. So God, keep running after us. Keep going out before us and take on those battles. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and all of God's children say, All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.